Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. everybody here i am at the taste of Asheville at the ab tech campus i'm just kidding i'm here in the studio that is some audio i recorded last night at the taste of Asheville at the ab tech campus and the taste of Asheville in case you don't know is an annual event put on by the Asheville independent restaurant association otherwise known as air air and uh the taste is my favorite food event year after year and last year it didn't happen and the year before that it didn't happen and it may not have even happened the year before that i can't remember but this is its big comeback this year um and it was a blast man it was wild and crazy in case you have no idea what the taste of Asheville is there were about i think 40 or 50 vendors there selling or not selling the ticket price was you know you pay your money you get in the door and then everything was uh gratis when you were on the other side and so there was vendors giving away alcohol left and right beer wine cocktails all kinds and uh, nothing but locally owned independent restaurants there are rules to join air and one of the rules is you got to be local that's it that's a rule you got to have your first location must be in Asheville or your corporate headquarters have to be in Asheville if you have more than one location but uh yeah so it's all local vendors alcohol and then in the core it was like a ring of alcohol and then in the middle was all the food and boy howdy there was a lot of food i showed up hungry i was with the odd pairing of people i was with my boss patty from Asheville food tours and i was with my mom and i was with junior from uh marisco seafood i caramba and i'm always leaving one out uh andale way my favorite of the three although marisco's is really good uh, but anyway, so an odd pairing of people, but I just, my mom really wanted to go. I always bring Patty and I thought that it would be good for people at air and in the air crowd to meet junior and for junior to meet them because junior's part of a sort of restaurant family dynasty around here. He has ownership in those three restaurants. His family has ownership in a bunch of other very familiar restaurants to the people of Asheville. So he didn't know what air was. I invited him to this thing. Anyhow, we get in there. There's just a ton of food. The first thing I see is a pork slider from Huli Sue's. Yum, yum, yum. That was gone in like two seconds flat. Next thing I see is a big old meatball from my friends at Twisted Laurel. That was gone. And uh, and then I just tried to eat as much food as I could. There was crab dip. There was a lobster salad. There was uh, some pork and porridge. Uh, there's just a lot of food, oysters from lobster trap and just eating, eating, eating. I had a piece of delicious, uh, cake that was made with okra 
And that was from the laughing seed. And that was, that was surprising and delicious. So yay to the laughing seed to feed me something I never would have probably ordered on a menu. And to be honest, I don't go to laughing seed that often, but I'm going, I'm going to get some of this cake at the very least. And uh, that's part of what the taste of Asheville is for, is to get you there, get you to taste all these things. Now, I'm very familiar with the restaurants, but if you don't go out to eat as much as I do, you get to try a bunch of them. And then you get to see like, I really like this person because the people are there running it. And I really like this food. And to me, the taste of Asheville, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way too, it feels like a big family reunion. I just know everybody there from the second I walk in the door, not even like just not even in the line, but walking towards the line to get in the door. I run into my good friend, David, and just hugs, introducing him to my mom and Patty and Junior showed up a little bit later. But and then in the door, there's Jane Anderson. There's, you know, 100 people that I know. And so I really like that. I do get to see these people as often as I can, but I don't get to see all of them as often as I'd like to. So that's a really nice aspect. And then, and it's not only the people in the food industry, but it's the eaters. Like David is an eater. He just loves to go out to eat and we connect on that level. We've been friends for a lot of years. We've gone out to eat together and I really enjoy running into him at these events. Uh, it was very crowded. It was a sold out event. Uh, I have two critiques of the event, if anybody cares. It was a little overly crowded. It felt to me a little bit like the wine and food festival that used to happen in Asheville. And I described that as being like part of a zombie horde, man. You would just wedge yourself into this crowd that was all moving, whether you wanted to move or not. And you just, if you come up to a table, you reach your arm out and you grab a bite and you hope you like it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, there's a scene at the end of some movie where everybody ends up marching in a circle around a hole, I think it is. And it's really creepy. And that's what it felt like at the wine and food festival. And the taste had a little bit of that feel this year just because it was really crowded and it was a circular event, like it was a ring around a middle. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then the other critique was that the music was very, very loud. They had a live jazz band playing sort of New Orleans style jazz and a lot of horns. And it, it was a loud room and the music was really loud and that that is probably the main reason my mom wanted to leave. Those two reasons were the crowds and the louds. And my mom's eight, she's like 80 something years old, 82. I don't know if she wants me telling the world that. So don't tell her I told you. But um, you know, she's had enough of that stuff. And so she ate her food and she was like, I'm ready to go. So I didn't get to stay as long as I wanted. Uh, and I think Patty was ready to go too. <laughs> it looked like he was having a panic attack. I'm telling you, getting your food in the middle part was like swimming through a crowded eel tank and grabbing something and then swimming back to the edge and hanging out by the wall. I told Patty it reminded me of being a little kid in a pool that was just a few inches above my head, you know, and you just sort of pat doggy paddle over to the wall and hang on for dear life. So <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm criticizing it a lot, but it was a great time. I would have stayed to the end. 
if not for the music, which was getting to me as well. But everybody, kudos on this. The comeback year for The Taste of Asheville. It was the 20-year anniversary. I'm not sure if that's of air or of, of the taste. But uh, I think it was the 20th um, taste. So even the years that got skipped, it's the 20th one to happen. Maybe not all in a row. But uh, great job. Great food. Great people. I just hugged the ever loving stuffing out of everybody and uh probably gonna get covid or something now that was a joke but we'll see how i feel in a couple of days all right so the next time you see tickets go up for the taste of Asheville, get a ticket um hopefully they'll dial in the music and the crowds a little bit better uh but they don't need to dial in anything else the fun the food is awesome i did miss having it at the venue it's now at ab tech which has more of a convention center feel to it the venue and that's the name of it it's called the venue is downtown and it's really classic and i missed that aspect but Parking sure was a lot easier at AB Tech, and I know that matters to a lot of people. So thank you, Asheville Independent Restaurants, for putting on a gangbusters uh, little food festival for us. Not so little food festival. And welcome back to the fold. I hope that some other food festivals start up. I know that Chow Chow is going to be one big event this year and not spread out over several smaller events. And that's great. I remember the first Chow Chow was like that one big event. And these things are not cheap to get into. Like there's 75 bucks around there. Um, I'm not sure. I get invited as a member of the press. So that does matter to me. Like it, or I don't know how to put it. It doesn't, the price doesn't affect me, but it sure does affect other people. So you have to consider, can I afford this? But let me tell you, once you're on the other side of the velvet rope, it's easy. You can drink, you you could drink your weight in alcohol and that would pay for your ticket right there. And you could eat lobster and oysters. You eat five of those oysters from the lobster trap and your ticket is halfway paid for, you know, like food's not cheap in and of itself. And this is an opportunity for you to really like try a lot of high end food. That's quite delicious. All right, folks. So check it out when it comes around next year. And now let's get on with the rest of the show. I've got a great interview with Chef Jay Medford for you today. And I've got some in-field stuff for you from the uh, S&W Cafeteria and from Little Louie's out on uh, it's out on Patton Ave, way, way out there uh, by the Skylanes Bowling Alley, in where the Malvern used to be. And so I've got a couple of in-field reports from there. And then I'm going to do... A little food review or two at the end. So I'll check in with you then. All right, everybody, I'm here in the SW cafeteria with Chef Santiago Vargas, and he has busted out two new empanadas for us today. What do you have, Chef? Hey, thank you, Stu, for coming. Sure thing. Uh, the first one is going to be the lomo saltado, one of the traditional first dishes in Peru. It's like making with wok techniques, Chinese technique. A beef, tomatoes, and onion in there. You have the smoky flavor and the soy sauce in there. And another one is the vegetarian empanada. Replace another one is gonna be uh, collard, spinach, and local mushrooms from uh, 
local farms. Yes, yes. Nice. And yes, please enjoy. And you told us that vegetarian one still has that umami meaty flavor from the yes, mushrooms. Yes, exactly. So please enjoy. And yeah. I, hope in, you, I, I hope Ash will come here to try again, but it's going to be the next menu. It's coming in spring. Okay. But soon. Okay. Super exciting, Chef. Okay, enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, chef, we just got done eating these empanadas, these two new empanadas, and they were so freaking tasty. Me and Patty just devoured them. Uh, oh, the, the meaty one was a surefire hit. That's going to go over great with Asheville. The veggie one's going to make all your vegetarian fans really happy, and your non-vegetarian fans are going to love it too because it's just delicious. Yes, thank you, thank you. And right now the next one is going to be the Sunday. We have the collab with the Hop ice cream. So... They made our lucuma ice cream, like famous Peruvian uh, fruit. And we made the uh, dulce leche lucuma flavor in there and the cookies stuffing with lucuma dulce leche. Uh, yes, something like Peruvian flavor in, in, in the ice cream. Please enjoy. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you, Chef. Thank you for coming. All right, y'all. I'm still in the S&W cafeteria having just eaten a wonderful dessert of dulce de leche ice cream uh, mixed with some of Santiago's flavors. Uh, so the hop and Mikasa Criola are doing a collaboration right now. And I ran into Katie and Peyton from Gourmand, Asheville, and they're getting all set up. You guys have meats and stuff. First, first order arrived this morning, so we're super excited. So two people we really love... Um, what is it? International Gourmet Foods. Yes. <laughs> D'Artagnan, Smoking Goose, Meadery are our first three big deliveries, so we're super excited to, to get, get some stuff in the space and start to see the reality of it all come together. So Wonderful, and I see blocks of cheese and wheels of cheese over there. Katie, awesome. what do you have over there? We've got all the good stuff from France, Italy, Norway, Spain. Really excited. Awesome. This is probably also about 10 percent of what we've like already ordered so uh hopefully health inspector shows it tomorrow we're good to go sweet silently opening next week silent opening silent opening okay yeah. we've got some kinks to work out for sure sure uh i've got three people to teach how to use a meat slicer so we're, we've got a couple days to figure that out that cool fill this with wine yeah. wine yes, wine cheese meats wine. Yes. yeah all the good stuff so i mean the goal is Maybe you notice like our, our branding is really minimalistic mm -hmm. and we wanted to kind of like sell ourselves by what's in the display. Nice. So our, so our idea is if you walk in and you don't know what we do, you've got to be like, you need glasses. You know? <laughs> All right. And so uh, everything goes smoothly. When do you expect to be open for the public? So we're hoping next weekend. Next but weekend. I'm, but I'm not going to lock it in because nothing it's is for sure until it's for know. sure. Yeah. Asheville is Asheville. Absolutely. Things happen when they happen. Yes. Yeah. So All right. we're in no rush. We're All just, right. We want to do it right. So Absolutely. Depending on the department. Permitting yeah. department. So those are that's our city motto. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the permitting yeah. department. They make Absolutely. the rules. Yeah. That's been my life. They've been they've been our boss uh, for the last Forever. month. Yeah. All so. right, and we love them, right? Oh yeah. They have done a great job. Yes. They actually, I will say, saved our life in this project two days ago, going outside the norm. So the permitting office. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, shout out to the permitting office. They probably don't get a lot of those. So no, thank you, that. permitting office. Yes. All right, guys, I'll let you go because we're standing in the midst of a construction area. Thank you for chatting Thanks with so much, me. Stu. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon.
All right, everybody. It's me, Stu Helmo, Food Fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another special guest for you. Uh, this time, my, I have my good friend, Chef Jay Medford, the chef owner of Storm Rum Bar and Stay Glazed Donuts. Hey, Jay, how you doing? I'm good, Stu. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You look all pink and rosy right now. I love that shirt. What is that? Oh, it's a garbage pail. It's Kids. a Stay Glazed Donut shirt. That we did not need the garbage show. I'm on a Dude. mission to find like the brightest clothes I can wear. I love that about you, especially I dress in black every day of my life, yeah. and you show up like a dang. You know who Lisa I, Frank is? You look like a Lisa Frank draw. The early nineties, like threw up in my wardrobe. I'm like <laughs> what neon clothes can I find? Uh, it's wonderful. Do you mind standing up so I can just get a, a video okay. grab of that T-shirt? Let's see. Let's keep there it we go. Too. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's great, Jay. I'll take a screenshot of that yeah. one. All right, man. Well, first of all, Jay, let's uh we do have a topic and kind of a heavy topic that we're gonna cover a little bit today. But before that, um, what's new at Stay Glazed? What's new at Storm Rumbar? Uh so Stay Glazed is kind of still holding in there through okay. pandemic. Uh Pack Square hasn't been the same really this whole time. Uh we're finally starting to get festivals and stuff back downtown. The building's finally starting to get some tenants back in it. So it's kind of just hanging in there. Uh, still doing donuts all the time. Um, Storm, though. Storm's fun. We do a lot of late night business. Um, we're kind of known for our late night business. Uh, dinner starting to pick back up. We do weekly specials throughout the week. Um, people think we got rid of our burger night, but that's not true. We just moved it to Sunday. So Sunday is kind of like our industry day. So it's like cheap drinks. And then we do a $10 burger. Is that it? Yeah, ten dollars single single patty burger. Sounds um, great. Your smash burger is one of my all time favorite smash burgers in Nashville. Yeah. And then we've got what we do on Monday now. We do industry karaoke, so that's fun. Dude. It starts at like ten p.m. goes to like one a.m. Do people do... show up and do oh, it? Yeah, like everyone getting off of work comes and does like gross karaoke, and it's amazing. Wow, we have a I love drink it. Specials for that Tuesdays are dubbed. We call it Low Life Tuesdays. <laughs> So we do what we have dubbed food on a waffle. So it's okay. kind of whatever we want to put on a waffle for 13 I bucks. That. I love that. You make a dang um, good waffle too, Jay. Yeah. There's no telling what it's going to be either. Nice. And then we do, I think, our drink special is like a shot of Amaro and a High Life. So it's like super trashy. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday, we do like half price bottles of wine for anyone that okay. wants like nice wine. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of it for Storm. Well, um, People need to follow you on social media to keep up with these daily specials. I yeah, would if anyone knows me, it's very much like follow my social media because I'm like a kid that's always bored and doing something different. So that's right, Jay. You've always been. I, that's one of the great things about Storm is that it gives you the room and space to do all the crazy stuff you like to do. Like I, I always joke around that you like to take the most impeccable ingredients and then throw trash right at it. So uh, I love that. We're making our own housemate spam now. So I love get that. Even, get even fancier. <laughs> the fancy spam has come out, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. Well, Storm is one of my favorite restaurants. It's very exciting. I gave you, I've handed you a bunch of awards over the years. Your meatloaf is one of my favorite things ever. So if that's ever on a waffle, I'll be down it's there. The meatloaf sandwich is on right now. So. Oh, dang. That is the yeah. one that got the award from me, the meatloaf yeah, sandwich. The one. So come get that. Outside of our smash burger, that might be the most popular item we have because it's Good. probably one of the items that never like moves around either. So. Good. 
I'm glad it's yeah. popular because I remember when I first gave it a, a write-up, you were like, oh, dang, I just took it off the menu. <laughs> yeah, that's back when I was at the cafe. It will probably never be at the cafe again. So Yeah, it's, storm. it's storm food. It yeah. really is. It's fancy, even though it's a meatloaf sandwich. So it's storm <laughs> fancy food. Meatloaf. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, last year I had the my meal of the year at your restaurant. It was a steak and it was Don't fantastic. Sleep on steaks at storm. Oh, what's the steak on the menu right now? Do you... Right now, if I'm trying to think, I think it's Sorry. a New York strip. I okay, know. I know. Yeah. I put you on the spot because I know that you work with your chef de cuisine, uh, Jordan. Yeah, it's New York strip. I'm trying to remember. It's pretty, in my mind, it's basic for what we do, but it's good. When I say basic, it's like a straight up like steak. It's like steak and potatoes and a bacon jam and that kind of stuff. That's what I had on my birthday last year. That was my meal of the year. It's just yeah. straight up steak with roasted yeah. vegetables. We kind of like just let the steak speak for itself when we put a steak on. I agree with that philosophy, my friend. Mm-hmm. This is part of why we're friends, Jay. Yeah. Um, so any hoodles, uh, that's great. That's all great to hear. Everybody get on down to Storm and we'll touch on uh, all your contact and all that at the end of this segment. But let's move on to our heavy topic. All right. Well, I invited you on today specifically to talk about the state of downtown Asheville. It's in a terrible state right now. Well, it's kind of half and half. I don't want to paint too dark of a picture because I want people to come downtown. But um, it's a hot topic right now, the state of downtown Asheville, Mm -hmm. especially this week, an article written by Sally Keston and John Boyle appeared on a website called AshevilleWatchdog.org, and it got widely shared. And the article is labeled as part one of a quote-unquote investigation that's being done by these two authors or maybe by maybe other authors too on Asheville Watchdog. But any hoodles, it has the lengthy title of quote-unquote more vagrants, fewer cops, merchants describe downtown Asheville's descent into squalor and lawlessness. Still now, Jay. The word, the word squalor. The word squalor. Yikes. And that that title is very clickbaity, but mm-hmm. it ain't wrong either. And there were, wrong. there were many, many interviews with downtown merchants who have mm-hmm. had it up to their eyeballs with the state of downtown Asheville. And Jay, I know you experience it all the time. And I want to break it into yeah. some topics. So let's let's start with the topic of crime. Now, crime so, has become a problem in downtown. I have an askewed view of all of this. Um being one of the what everyone wants to call a unicorn as someone who actually grew up in Asheville uh what Asheville is seeing now is what I grew up with in in Asheville difference is when I was a kid Asheville wasn't this big tourist town that wasn't shoved in everyone's face and like people sort of knew about Asheville but like sort of didn't know about Asheville they knew it was this like hippie town Mm -hmm. in the mountains uh Asheville was Asheville was dirty when I was a kid um I mean, it was ghetto. It was like, there's certain parts of downtown, like where Storm is. Mm-hmm. You didn't go down there. Where the de- where the donut shop is. You didn't go down Eagle Street when I was a kid. Hell no. Like, it's Eagle Street. Like, you get stabbed on Eagle Street. That's um, right. And now, with the advent of social media and the fact that Asheville's such a big tourist town, it's taking a lot of people by surprise. Where I'm, I'm of the school of, like, well, it's kind of been here the whole time. Asheville just did a very good job of like hiding it. Mm. Now that there's more and more tourists, what you see in like big cities is the crime shows its face more and more because now there's more people to target. 
mm. where people didn't come downtown when I was a kid. Now everyone's downtown. So everyone kind of sees like, oh, hmm. okay. So that's where I say when I, it's a skewed for me, it's like this, I've seen this in Nashville before. That's right. I hear, I wasn't here then, but I hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That Asheville used to be scary, dirty, full of crime, violent, um, and oh, and now it's changed. But as you said, it it seems to be backsliding into the way it was before the economic recovery, with the exception that they've jammed a gajillion tourists right into it. So it's almost yeah. like the worst of both worlds, right? Like. It feels like it did before the economic recovery. And mm-hmm. then we've got all this massive influx of tourists stomping all over everything. And we need the tourists. I ain't do. hating on them. People bash on the tourists all the time. But I tell you, as owning two places in downtown, like, you need the tourists. No matter what everyone says, like, mm-hmm. at, so so far, Asheville has done a very good job of, like, we need to get our tourists back. But we also need to get locals back downtown. That's that. The second like, part is the key. You can't you get survive in a tourist town without both. No, because tourist town have slow seasons. That's where the locals come in. And mm-hmm. There's way too much of this. Like, well, we only want to serve locals or like tourists and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, tourists kind of what made Asheville what it was. Everyone, <laughs> dude, I make my living off of tourists. I'm a food mm-hmm. tour guide. I spent yeah. my day with six tourists yesterday yeah. walking around downtown. They were el- elderly for the most part, mm-hmm. and they were wonderful. Like, they were great people. And I had They're a good time. Bad. No, I mean, it's just the, it's not the individual people. It's the mm-hmm. sheer volume of them that come in these waves. And then the yeah. when they're not here, it's a ghost town. And that is because specifically the locals have learned to just stay downtown again. It's mm-hmm. like... Phases. I mean, my dad would tell me stories about when Asheville would be like really bumping. I mean, look at the S&W cafeteria throughout the years. Mm-hmm. The S&W downtown Asheville is a good example of how Asheville has changed throughout the years because it's always been something really cool and then empty and then mm-hmm. something really cool and then empty. Right. Yeah, that's Asheville, great. That's what Asheville tends to do. It is the canary in the coal mine kind of the yeah, S&W. Yeah. Um, so Jay, have you experienced crime down there at Storm or at Glazed Donuts, uh, smashing at night or vandalism? No, I mean, no one really messes with the donut shop. I mean, it's hidden. It's, it's hidden. It's also right beside the fire department and police station. Like, True we that. had our windows kicked in at one point, but for the most part, like you're kind of got to be an idiot to do it right there. Cause like, especially <laughs> people talk about the police, but you gotta, those firefighters will come like, they don't play no games. Okay, yeah. Especially firefighters don't have to read you Miranda rights. <laughs> keep that in mind, everybody. Yeah, keep that in mind when you do dumb stuff downtown. All right, man. Uh, um, so the next is kind of related. is just the mm-hmm. sheer uh, dr- that drugs and alcohol contribute to the issues of downtown. Mm-hmm. I see it with my own eyes. There mm-hmm. are people drunk out of their minds downtown, rolling around on the sidewalks and stuff. And people freaking out on drugs and also a lot of mental health issues. Obviously, of course, this country has done a horrible job in dealing yeah. with mental health issues. And so there are people living on the streets or apparently by appearances living on the streets anywhere from, you know, the most sympathetic. Oh, my God, this mentally disabled persons living under a blanket yeah to just like young dudes partying their brains out and and those young dudes they might have mental problems as well i don't know them but 
drugs and alcohol seem to play a big problem in downtown. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, we see it. We yeah. see it at Storm a lot. Like, there's so many times that we, we have to, like, kick people out of the bar. That kind of stuff. It's very prevalent. It's prevalent everywhere. It's, like, it's prevalent everywhere in the U.S. I yes. think a lot of this, like, pandemic, this social media, it's like, it's, like, in everyone's face now. And a lot of people did a good job of, like, either not knowing or ignoring it for a long time. But now there is no ignoring it. It's, like, in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, though. I think the state of, like, mental health has played a big part of, because a lot, it was always pushed under the rug for so long. Mm-hmm. Now there's, like, the amount of stress that everyone has dealt with in the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's showing out there. Like, people are losing their damn minds. <laughs> yeah. And the drugs that are available in our society mm-hmm. today are so much more damaging to the individual mm-hmm. and to society as a whole than I, I, I'm a child of the 70s. Like, yeah. yeah, we had drugs. It was a drug doing era. Yeah. A lot a lot of that attitude of the 70s probably led to a lot of the problems that we're doing today because in the 70s, it was like smoke weed, do coke. And, mm-hmm. and that's as bad as it could get would be like do coke, do heroin. Those were yeah. the and I just want to clarify, I did a little coke in the 90s. I've never done heroin. I smoke weed like a mf Um, So I have a kind of a almost a quaint experience with drugs from when I was a teenager, right? Yeah. Um, nowadays, it's like, dang, man, there's fentanyl, there's yeah. methamphetamines. There's wasting everything with something. God, there's opioids, there's pharmaceuticals. That was another difference is back when I was a kid, the the FDA made the pharmaceutical companies jump through a lot more hoops. Uh, Pharmaceuticals people can get a hold of now are crazy. Like, even when I have to go to the doctor, I'm like, I'll do everything I can to not be on any kind of medicine if I don't have to. Because I'm like, I don't necessarily trust what you want me to put in my mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've had friends that have been completely messed up by um, mm-hmm. antidepressants and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it, not- it, it like works for you, but also you get, people get so dependent on it where it's like they can't get off of it. Not at all. And it impacts their lives tremendously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the, the next topic and we've already touched on it is homelessness and the the dr- drugs, alcohol, mental disability, huge economic disadvantages. These are the things that I, I'm not an expert by any means. These are the things that I think lead to the homeless problem in America. And, um, and there's, let's, let's just skip over that because there's, we've already discussed it a little bit and let's talk about city council because the, all of the things we've talked about, and I, I didn't mean to say I want to skip over homelessness. I yeah. just want to talk about solutions. And you and I, we can't do things. City yeah. council is our only hope. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem to be paying much attention, Jay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you mean trouble talking about, like, city council. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're already in trouble. Let's just <laughs> say city council has spent so much damn time trying to turn us into like a Charleston or a Savannah or something to where it's like, okay, you, you landed it. You got mm-hmm. tourists in, you got tourists. I wanted to spend more money in. you priced out a lot of the tourists that used to come to this town. Um, and at the same time, you've priced out the locals of this town. And that's like a big thing going on right now. And every industry is like, 
the good owners and the people out there that care are trying to keep up. They're trying to pay a living wage. They're trying to keep going. They're trying to keep their own bills going, their own life going. Um, well, they at the same time made downtown more and more extensive. Um, you again, you see it in like big cities where people they call it uh, gentrifying, where people start moving outside and outside and outside. Mm-hmm. When I moved to New York, we lived in Harlem, and it wasn't because like that's where we could afford to live. And even then it was still kind of crazy. And then my last week getting that way. So it's like mm-hmm. people are moving to Weaverville. People are moving to Waynesville. People are moving out to Hendersonville where this past Christmas and even the start of the year, you're kind of seeing it like, Oh, there's not a lot of people left in downtown when it's mm-hmm. not heavy tourist season. And yeah, kind of goes back to me being as a kid. I'm like, yeah, Asheville used to have legit, seasons back in the day we had a really good run of just kind of being busy all the time but back in the day we had like january february there'd be nobody in Asheville. and i think that we should accept that and plan on that i don't think that we should necessarily try to jam tourists into those dead no. times of the year i think yeah. we should embrace the fact that hey during the winter yeah it's a little colder downtown but mm-hmm. there's outdoor heaters for the patios and stuff and yeah. and I don't, I do think that we, we really need to figure out, I, on my tours, I describe Asheville as a city of booms and busts. And I used to say, right now we're experiencing a boom, but Mm -hmm. I, I fear a looming bust. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, and the thing that gets us out of the bust periods is always adaptability. Yeah. And so if we can adapt now before the next bust comes to our Mm -hmm. town, I think we need to do that and get ahead of the game. Yeah. So Jay, uh, I'm going to take a short break and then we'll come back. And when we come back, I just want you to tell us about a little piece of food that you've eaten recently or shout out something and then tell us everything you've got, uh, everything you need to about where to find you, but we'll be right back. Okay. Folks. I just want to remind you that Western North Carolina is one of the hunger hotspots of America. Although we might think of Asheville as Food City, USA, there are a lot of folks who live in and around here who are dealing with food insecurity on a daily basis. So if you can, please give to Mana Food Bank. Mana has been providing food to the people of Western North Carolina for 40 years. They do a great job and they are a wonderful organization. So again, if you're able, please go to manafoodbank.org. That's M-A-N-N-A, manafoodbank.org, and give what you can to help out fighting hunger here in Western North Carolina. And now back to the show. All right, folks, we're back, and I'm here with Chef Jay Medford from Storm Rum Bar and Stay Glazed Donuts. And Jay and I just had a great conversation about the state of downtown Asheville. But Jay, let's end on a positive note. Why don't you shout out a great piece of food, a great restaurant, a great eating experience that you've had in the recent uh, week uh, weeks? I'm going to disappoint people by saying it wasn't in Asheville. That's okay. Um, but I don't go out in Nashville that often. I'm pretty much only working. But I was in Thailand for a friend's wedding. I was in Bangkok. So street food in Bangkok, I don't care. That's the best stuff ever. It costs like a dollar and it's amazing. <laughs> and you don't know what you're eating. And the person that handed it to you have no idea what you said, but it's so good. I did eat at a, the second best restaurant, the second best Asian restaurant in the world while I was there. So okay. it was a 15 course 
like prefix, super fancy. So that was amazing. It's a place called Corn. Say that again. I spoke over. Corn. It's like S O R N. S O R N. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my me and my friends went there, but yeah, that food in Thailand was crazy. Dude. So all right. Good. I'm jealous of your experience. Yeah. I, I hate to travel, but I love experiences, and so I yeah. I have to live vicariously that through other was people. Brutal. The flight sounds brutal, man. Thailand, oh, bring it to me, I say. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm just kidding. Nothing can beat an experience of traveling in other countries, man. Mm -hmm. And so so, what's the craziest thing you ate while you were there? Did you eat anything that you recognized and you were like, I can't believe I'm eating this? uh, uh, No. That's probably a stupid question. What's the best thing you ate? That's also a stupid question. Did you eat anything on a stick, Jay? There's so much stuff on a stick there. Okay. I ate an entire squid on a stick, like the there entire thing. Yeah. What, how was it prepared? It just it hangs out on the grill like all day, and then okay. they chop it up. It's crazy. It's like the whole thing with the insides and everything. Excellent. How so, did it taste? It was good. Yeah. The middle, the insides are interesting. They got an interesting texture, but they were good. Um, you know, I like clams with the belly on. Was it anything like that? Like eating the digested contents of another animal's stomach? sort of okay. the inside of a squid when it's cooked is kind of mush okay, okay. so if so you're a texture squid- person you would hate it but if like, you're a what person a texture person okay because like the outside tastes like squid but the inside was kind of this like weird kind of gelatinous mush yeah your face says it but i'm not sure i would like that jay yeah it tastes good Good. I'm glad that you did it. I guess I don't get weirded out though by food that often. So that's that's a good thing about you. That's yeah. like I wish that I had less emotional baggage around yeah. food. You know, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't hurt um, my feelings to see what's being cooked. Yeah. Um. So that's a great example. Whole squid on a stick that yeah. put on the flames all day in Thailand. So mm-hmm. that's Jay's recommendation. <laughs> get yourself to Thailand and go to this restaurant called Sorn. Is that mm-hmm. it? So yeah, I'm, and you have to make reservations like four or five months out. Wow. Okay. So, well, yeah. Jay, before I let you go, you want to rattle off your uh, website, your actual address, and all of that stuff? Yeah, see if I can remember it off the top of my head. So stayglazedonuts.com, stormrumbar.com, uh, stormrumbar, 125 South Lexington, it's right behind the orange pill. Uh, Stay Glazed Donuts is still at 22 South Pack Square in the basement of the Jackson building. Don't miss us. Five years later, people still don't know where we are. Um, and then it's Stay Glazed Donuts Instagram, uh, Storm Asheville Instagram and Facebook. I think that's it. Okay. You on TikTok? No, I'm not that cool. Oh, come on, Jay. Even I'm on TikTok now. Yeah, but again, I'm not that cool. People tell me to get on it, but I'm like, eh. Yeah, I posted six videos. I haven't touched it in two weeks. I'm going to try to get into it. One one day, the people on TikTok will have enough money to go out to eat, and then they will be my audience. I need to get rich enough to be able to afford a social media person to like do all that for me. There you go. You're good at it yourself, though, brother. I love your social media. You do a great job. Good at Instagram. Yeah, you are. And that's an important one. I don't know about Uh, the other ones. Yeah. Um, all right, Jay. Well, I, I love talking to you, brother. I'm I think that the more we talk about what's happening in downtown, the sooner mm-hmm. we can try to rectify it. People don't need to be scared to talk about what's happening downtown. No. And they don't need to be terrified of downtown. Like no. it does get a little scary late at night. and You might want to cross the street when you it see a bunch scary. of people in front of you. My advice is like, I mean, living in New York, living in Asheville when it was 
Asheville. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's scary, but it's not like, like, you're not getting shot every time you walk out of a restaurant. No, I spend three days a week walking around yeah. downtown all day. And the worst I would thing say that, mind yeah. your surroundings and pay attention to what's happening around you. Like you're in any city. Yes. When it's late so. at night, mm-hmm. walk with caution. Yeah. Don't um, walk alone. No. No, and cross the street. If you see a bunch of people, it doesn't matter if they think you're rude, cross the street. Don't don't even make it a big deal. Just walk across the street. Don't don't be looking down at your phone when you're walking down a lonely street either. Yeah, uh, Yeah, put your phones down. Pay attention. Yeah, look around. All right, that's uh, some safety advice from Jay and Stu. Uh, McGruff, the crime dog, would be proud of us, Jay. Um, (laughs) A little 90s reference for you, brother. There you go. And, uh, dude, it's always great to see you, and I'll talk to you again real soon. All right, buddy. Bye. Hey, man, I'm out here on uh, Patton Avenue at the new Little Louie's, where the Malvern used to be. That's right. Bye-bye, Malvern. Hello, Little Louie's. Uh, Chef Elliot Moss's brand new place right across from the Sky Lanes over there. I'm here with David Brown from Doc Brown's Barbecue. Hey, David, how are you? How are you? We're excited to try some hoagies and pierogies. Hoagies, pierogies, and you said something else. Cannolis. Hoagies, pierogies, cannolis. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, all right, we'll check in with you after we eat some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just all right, man. That too? Yeah, we can split that too. No, that's okay, man. I was yeah, we're, we're inside now at the uh, Little Louie's. It's, it's kind of loud in here. And we're checking out the menu. It's a very small menu. They got pork and rob. Is that how that's pronounced, yeah, David? pork and rob. Pork and rob, brisket and cheese. And these are all hoagies. So a pork and rob hoagie, brisket and cheese, meatball parmesan, chicken cheesesteak, eggplant parmesan. And we're going to share the eggplant, the meatball parmesan. Yeah, that's mostly because we haven't, I haven't had anything like that. I mean... Yeah, I've had the brisket if, if cheese. If you've had I, any of Chef Moss's sandwiches, you know, you've had the brisket cheese. I have. Like I've had the chicken cheese steak. It's, it's, it's all amazing, so I'm just oh, excited. Yeah. yeah, for real. And then to try the pierogi, get it with, you know, that's Eastern European thing, get some sour cream. Yeah, That'll absolutely. Pierogi with sour cream, we're going to share that too. The other options are pierogi and cheese, smoked wings, and pierogi parmesan. And good, good use of the smoker. Oh, yeah. His wings are the bomb. And he usually uses Joyce Farms uh, chicken wings, and so they're real small. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so limited menu, uh, nice, lively atmosphere, and it's obviously Saturday night, so it's packed. Yeah. New, yeah. new joint in town. It's new packed. joint. Elliot Moss. Old, old, you know, old, old chefs, new joints. Yeah. Old favorite space, old favorite chef. Exciting times in the food scene in Asheville, North Carolina. Exactly. Yeah. Old faces, new places. Old faces, new places. All right, David. On that super cheesy note, we'll check out. All right. Now we're back in the car. Me and me and David Brown, aka Doc Brown from Doc Brown's Barbecue. And Doc wrote to me this morning and was like, "Let's go to Little Louie's." And so we did. And Doc, what did we eat? Uh, We had we had a a pork rob sandwich and a. Gosh, I forgot we had pierogies with uh, sour cream. That's right, and, and we had an eggplant parm. That's right, the eggplant parm. We were looking for the meatball. Either way, it's I gotta tell you, a sandwich begins with the bread, right? And that was just delicious. I think they sh- they said they ship it in from from Philly, but man, 
just great food. It's what you expect. Absolutely. From Chef Elliot Moss, we haven't had his food in quite a little while. Um, he left Buxton Hall, in case you guys didn't know that. So this is his next adventure. And, Doc, the pork rob sandwich was particularly delicious. Yeah, it's great. The greens, the bitter, the sweetness of the pork, the crunch, everything. A little jus to, to dip. It yep. was it was wonderful. And and we got to see uh, the chef running around. He's st- staying busy. He looks uh, charged up and ready to go. Uh, everyone was having a great time. Yeah, yeah. You should uh, go down, go down to Little Louis, uh, yeah, and man. check it out. Absolutely. All right, David. Thank you for inviting you, me. Steve. Thanks for yeah, having me. Take care. Bye. Take care. Good to see you, man. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed those field reports from Little Louie's and the S&W, as well as the interview with Chef Jay Medford in the middle. Before I say goodbye, I got a couple of things I want to um, talk about, a couple of little food items I want to review. First of all, as you know, I'm on my sort of tinned fish journey, a, a canned, if you will, or tinned fish Uh exploration that i'm doing there's a few places around town that seem to specialize in selling tinned fish one of them is the marketplace at la bodega uh, by curate which is located on south lexington avenue right downtown and the other that has the the widest selection downtown is botanist and barrel on broadway right next to uh the Asheville beauty academy and botanist and barrel is a really fun hard cider tasting room. They make their own all natural hard ciders. They don't add any sugars. They're very dry, have more like a taste of wine. I bring, I don't drink, but I bring food tours in there all the time. And people really like this hard cider a lot, but I, they also just are obsessed with tin fish. One of the owners, Lyndon is obsessed with it. And so he keeps adding more and more and more to their selection and you you may have heard me say that I'm a huge fan of this tinned lobster that they have. And maybe huge is too big of a word. It's it's tinned and not fresh. I'm a huge fan of fresh lobster. Uh, but the tinned lobster is really good. And I have a can of it in my larder or my cabinet right now. And that is for emergencies. So I sometimes tell my tour takers that now you can say you know a person who has a can of emergency lobster in their uh, cabinet. And I have used it in emergencies when, like, no joke, I was down to nothing but a tin of this lobster and some hot dog buns rolls, and I made a nice lobster roll, and I had some Duke's mayonnaise. So it was fantastic. So you know I'm a big fan of that, but now, surprisingly, I am a big fan of their vegan, quote-unquote, crab meat. Vegan crab meat, specifically snow crab meat. And I was like skeptical as all get out, just like I was with the lobster, you know. And uh, but since the lobster was so surprisingly delicious that I thought that I would give this vegan snow crab a try. And I'd had it in my cabinet or I, I had I'd had it in my cabinet for a long time. I was about to switch that up. But no, I'd had it there a while. And finally decided to pop it open. And it looked so weird. Like at first I was like, that doesn't look anything like snow crab. And then I looked more closely and it was literally just little mushrooms. 
that's all it was. It's and I looked at the ingredients and it had like just a few ingredients and noke mushrooms, sunflower oil, and natural flavorings, which can mean MSG, but not necessarily. And don't be afraid of MSG anyways. There's a big, a lot of mythology around MSG, but look it up online. A lot of that mythology has been busted. Yes, you might have an allergy to it, but if you do, you know that. And if you haven't been diagnosed by a doctor with an allergy, you probably don't have one. Uh, so most people, including myself, can consume MSG and not worry about it. And I'm not even sure that that's what that refers to in this case. But that is one of the few ingredients on there. So I was I was glad, actually, that it was just mushrooms. Like it wasn't heavily processed the way that some vegan meat, quote unquote, meat products can be. It was just some nice mushy mushrooms and uh, some enoke mushrooms, which are very tiny and thin and have a tiny cap on top. So it's they're kind of like stringy, like snow crab meat is kind of stringy. And I I was very skeptical. I took a bite. It was freaking great. Like it tasted, I closed my eyes and it tasted just like snow crab. It was sweet like snow crab. It has no fishy flavor and neither does snow crab. Uh, and it the stringy quality of the very thin mushroom stems was comparable to crab meat. I'm going to keep a can of this in my larder at all times as well because I thought it was great and I ate it on crackers. I had it with various things like Duke's mayonnaise, of course, was the base of everything. And I had, I put some wasabi on it and some soy sauce and that was great. I put some Worcestershire and mustard to kind of devil it a little bit and that was great. And I had it just straight up on a fork tasty you could put this on top of a small salad you could make a crab roll out of it with some dukes it's very like there's a lot of liquid content to the oil so that's the one thing it's not dry at all the way that um, crab meat can sometimes be so you can't add a lot of liquid to it at that point you got to keep it kind of within reason Um, so that's my review of that crab meat and then uh, that quote unquote vegan crab meat. And the name of the company is Seed to Surf. And they have one other product that is a vegan white fish that's made out of celery root. So I'm really looking forward to trying that. And I'm not vegan, as you know. I eat just about anything you put in front of me, but I love to try vegan foods and see how they are. And this one gets thumbs up from me. I posted pictures. People were talking a lot of smack about it, but they don't know. They they haven't tried it. They should try it. Um, all right. The next tinned fish I had was some tuna fish. And the tuna fish was very different. I got this as a Christmas gift from Dawn. And I opened it up. I didn't know what to expect. But there were some little tiny tuna fillets or tuna like they were sliced uh, and I just put them on a cracker with some Dukes and I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. The, this was where I experimented with the pickling and the wasabi. I'm sorry. I didn't do that with the crab meat. I just ate that straight up on bread. I had a bunch of really nice bread from West End Bakery. So scratch all of that that I said a little earlier about the crab meat. It was with the tuna that I used the Dukes 
and the wasabi and soy sauce and then another iteration i did it with worcestershire sauce and it was all great i wished i had had some pickled onions and that would have been perfect so i might end up keeping a can of this in my cabinet as well so i'm loading up on the tinned fish i'm finding the ones i like there have been a couple i haven't been that fond of i can't remember what they were but for the most part i have been really enjoying the tin my tinned fish journey and then speaking of a tin well one last tinned thing i want to talk about was i received some tinned nuts from hubs nuts which looked that up it's the hubbard peanut company it's a mother-daughter owned peanut company been around since the 50s based out of virginia they sent me some in the mail and they were great. I got the, the salted peanuts and they were great. They had a nice crackle, like crunch to them, very crunchy and not too salty, but salty enough for me. And I like salt. And then they sent me some party mix and I don't usually go all out for party mix. I find it to be rather eh, trashy. Uh, but this was, not even kidding, the best party mix I've ever had. I could not stop eating it. It had pretzels and Cheez-Its along with their regular salted nuts that I just described and their honey-kissed nuts, which were really good too. And then sesame sticks and other stuff all mixed in. And some of the things had a honey mustard flavor and others were just straight up savory. And the whole thing, the the party mix was great. And finally, they sent some brittle, and I probably like brittle even less than I like party mix, but I was even more surprised that I loved this brittle. Yeah, it was sweet. It was just like crunching on big old pieces of sugar, but the nut to brittle ratio was really good. So there was a lot of peanuts for every bite, which does cut down on the amount of sugar. Uh, just wasn't a, a heavily brittle dependent peanut brittle. And it had a nice quality flavor to it that I don't, had not had before, like maybe some vanilla in the mix. I'm not sure. I hate, I'm not good at that, uh, identifying flavors like that, but I really enjoyed this peanut brittle. I enjoyed the party mix. I enjoyed the regular peanuts. Thank you, Hubs Nuts or the Hubbard Peanut Company. Look them up. They come in these really beautiful, really nice tins. Uh, so they make a good gift as well. All right, folks, and that's the show for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you, WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice in the mountains, for turning my podcast into a radio broadcast. And as always, folks, look me up on social media. Stu Helm Food Fan is my at on all social media except for Twitter. I replaced that with TikTok. Probably not much better in terms of the political move, right? If I drop Twitter because of Elon Musk and picking up TikTok is not much better since it's apparently run by the Chinese government. But what do I know? I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm just trying to do my thing and tell you all about some good food. And please tell me about good food. If you eat something good, find me on social media and leave a comment and let me know about it. All right, folks, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.
This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.